Hello and welcome back to Future Prairie Radio, where we look at modern futurism through the lens of art, humanity, and culture. I'm your host, Joni Whitworth, and this is Season 1, Episode 6, Raise the Bar, with Natalie Rose Baldwin. My name is Natalie Rose Baldwin. Pick up any business forecasting magazine today, and you'll read about how the future of business will be defined by collaboration. For this episode, I wanted to get beyond that catchphrase and find out what it really looks like to professionally collaborate from someone who's in the trenches. Natalie Rose Baldwin is a highly decorated brewer and a multi-potentialite with many interests and pursuits. In her teenage years, she trained to become a professional skier. Then she studied biochemistry at the University of Colorado in Denver, before beginning a career in beer making in Portland, Oregon, where she's become one of our brightest and most collaborative beverage industry leaders. Not only that, but she's a gender-bending queer woman who mentors members of her communities and co-founded the Lady Brewer Girl Gang, a professional association of women helping to shape the future of the brewing industry. In today's episode, she talks about some of her favorite collaborations, how to be a good peer to your collaborators, why the communities pubs create are important to preserve, and the history of women making beer. Here's Natalie Rose Baldwin, research and development brewer at the award-winning Breakside Brewery. It's kind of the cool, sexy job for brewing because you get to work on a smaller brew house and have creative freedom and get to play around and it's not so much hustle bustle in like the production environment. It's been really interesting for me to be able to learn about Breakside making really hoppy beers and then also a lot of barrel aged beers, sour, wild. We do a lot of fruit projects at Breakside. We have over 500 active barrels right now. And that includes whiskey, maple syrup, wine, rum, gin. Last year we made over 100 different unique beers in a calendar year. When I make a beer, I often get inspired by a lot of different things. It could be, I walk by a tree and I see flowers. I'm like, I wonder if those are edible. I can eat that. I drink a cocktail that has some element that's just like blowing my mind. Or you eat food and the meal is just like wonderful. And it's mostly just like, I'll dial in on like a particular mouthfeel, aroma, ingredient or like the basic witch just be completely inspired by the power of other people around you and make a beer that feels right for the moment part of like my job specifically is to figure out how to use ingredients and be able to scale it up to the big brewery so dialing in how to use specific ingredients is really crucial there's a beer that I drank at a beer festival by this brewery called Burial. Burial is really interested in using ingredients from their garden on their property where their uh, brewery is. And I was like, yes, that is exactly what I want to do all the time. So I'm making a beer series called Garden Party and it's inspired by things that you would find in a garden. I have to figure out a way to use carrots and uh, one of the collaborative effects of talking to other brewers is they told me how they used it and when they used it like juice and pulp and all these different things so then I'm gonna try to apply that to a beer that I make so you design like a beer that you want to drink with carrot so you decide what malts and hops would taste good with that and yeast 
and then use the carrot application in whatever way you see fit. When the beer is finished, there's alcohol, so you can use different ingredients that are alcohol-soluble. So if you use something that's oily and you put in alcohol, it's going to blow up. There are neighborhoods where the Development Commission will offer funding when a brewery wants to move in. Breweries kind of revitalize neighborhoods because it's a location where people can go, and if it's a brew pub, you can eat and drink beer and hang out. And it's a really wonderful place to meet up. It's like a coffee shop, but at night. Having a beer with people is so important for like the human connection. People just like to have an excuse to spend time with one another. Brewing used to be an industry that was kind of like connected towards baking or it was just something you would make a product and then bring it to a market and sell it. Women were alewives. They were brewers. It was one of the first ways that women could be financially independent. It was a lot of widows and spinsters and because it wasn't necessarily lucrative men didn't really need to dominate it after the plague when people moved into cities and things started to be commercialized and brewing became more lucrative it started to become male dominated if you look into all sorts of different mythology women have always been the brewers there's like this african goddess who would make beer and serve it at beginning of life or uh, end of life ceremonies. People got kind of pushed out and then now everyone's working their way back in. Recently, I just did a collaboration with a band called Lenore. Their uh, genre is called witch folk. We got together to make a witchy beer when women were depicted as brewers before as witches you would see them over like a big boiling cauldron and they're like stirring and adding herbs and spices and that's literally what i do every day so we planned for a beer that we brewed on a full moon at midnight and they came and like brought their cello and the beer is called basic witch it was brewed with rose petals flowers are really fun to brew with because people's perception is perfume but there's so many other layers to it. Rose petals, when you add them to cold beer, often taste like pepper. Or if you use rose hips, they taste like citrus because there's a lot of vitamin C in there. So it's a really interesting like floral perfume, like mellow perfume, but bright pepper and uh, citrus. At midnight when we were finishing brewing and the beer was going into the tank, they started singing and we had a priestess to a local coven come and she helped us uh, perform full moon rituals. A lot of it was purely for our entertainment. I don't know how to sing or how to organize music or I like I, I know nothing about that. They know nothing about making beer. So it was just us having a second to just enjoy each other's company, have fun. As I've gotten older, I've learned more about how to have like professional relationships with women that aren't dictated by this elephant of the room in the room where people want there to be some sort of conflict between women or competitiveness. I just don't believe that that has to be something that is a part of women interacting with one another. There's this brewer named Kat who actually just moved to Oregon recently and is brewing at Pelican out on the coast. But before she moved there, 
we collaborated on a beer um, that we called Sibylline. It was based on the sidecar cocktail, and we chose that because that was a beer that was, or a cocktail that was popular um, when most women got the right to vote. So it was just kind of like an era-inspired cocktail beer. Sibylline um, is like a female prophet oracle. It was amber in color and had like a rich maltiness, and then I aged orange zest on cognac. I used Remy Martin because they were one of the only cognac makers that had a master female working for them. So it was just like layers of girls all over the place. Obviously, like as a professional having like making a product, I want to be a master at what I do and keep getting better and be recognized for my skill and my talent and not necessarily recognized by my gender as far as like my industry goes but I hope that being a woman that's visible in a male-dominated industry continues to pave the way for women and young girls who don't necessarily know what it looks like to have a woman in a male-dominated industry. When I go to work a lot of the way that I dress is based off of protection not about like being a woman so I wear workwear I wear Carhartts and um, big huge smelly boots and safety glasses and my hair gets all fucked up so I wear a hat most of the time and people will walk into the brewery and identify me as a male and at first I'd be like no I'm a girl and now I just <laughs> I just let them think that and then I lift the keg into their car and I'm like It's really empowering to be able to stand next to other women. Often I'm not like old and wise enough to be selfless enough to let other people have everything. In the moments where I feel envious or uncomfortable with like another female's success, I just shut the fuck up and I stand next to her. Being jealous doesn't help me at all. It doesn't help her at all. I think we're in a very narcissistic age and it's really easy to take pictures of yourself and self-promote and push your own personal brand and be really competitive with other people. And when I am able to help other people instead of like feel selfish in those moments, I just feel so much more power. When you're constantly collaborating with your peers and working with the same ingredients and creating similar products, there comes a little bit of like professional jealousy. Like if you make a product and then one of your peers makes the exact same product, but for some reason gets acknowledgement, it feels a little bit bad, especially if it's something that you're doing that's pretty unique or is being done for the first time. I think one of the really special things about the Portland beer industry is that, or just the Portland makers industry in general, is that everyone is very competitive, but no one's cutthroat. The future success of our industries depends on collaboration. Collaboration continues to raise the bar. If I was needing guidance and I I appreciated that Natalie was willing to be quite vulnerable with us about dealing with professional jealousy. During our conversation, I was reminded of the Teddy Roosevelt quote from his speech, Citizenship in a Republic, delivered in Paris in 1910, where he said, It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust 
and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who, at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. Knowing well the dust, sweat, and blood her career thus far has required, I commend Natalie's bravery in helping to visualize and then create the communal future she imagines, and for supplying us with delicious beer along the way. I hope the rest of your week is as refreshing as a Czech Pilsner on an August afternoon. You can follow Natalie and her adventures in brewing on her Instagram at nrbeer with three E's. That's N-R-B-E-E-E-R. And you can find out where to taste her beer at breakside.com. We have a live show coming up on Friday, September 7th at 7.30 p.m. Our variety show is inspired by the Chautauquas of the 19th and early 20th centuries, where people from all walks of life came together to experience education, entertainment, and culture for the whole community. We have a rotating cast of speakers, teachers, musicians, and entertainers of all kinds. The link for tickets is on our website, futureprairie.com. In other news, Future Prairie is now sponsored by Square. Square helps millions of entrepreneurs run their businesses with secure credit card processing and point-of-sale solutions. Find out more and get free processing on up to $1,000 in sales at squareup.com forward slash I forward slash future time. Our music for this episode is by Lenore, a folk band comprised of Rebecca, Marie Miller, and Joy Pearson. It's the band Natalie referenced that she was collaborating with. They've opened for Blitz and Trapper and the Minor Birds, and they've shared the stage with Peter Buck of REM, NPR's 2016 Tiny Desk Contest winner, and members of the Decemberists. Lenore released their debut self-titled album last year. You can check it out on Spotify, YouTube, or SoundCloud.